0: Jesus, we thank you so much for the freedom, the hope we have in you. I pray that we would lean into that, that we would believe that, uh, that that would bring change not just in our hearts and in our thinking, uh, but in the way we live our lives. May we live in that freedom. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, July, if you wouldn't mind, remain standing for the reading of God's word. We're going to be in Matthew 6, uh, verses 1 through... For your father knows what you need before you ask him. You guys go ahead and have a seat. Eric, come on up. Let me pray for you. Uh, Jesus, thank you for this man. Thank you for uh, Eric's leadership. I pray, Father, that as uh, Eric preaches the word to us this morning, um, may we know what it is to pray. May we uh, be more of a praying church, praying individuals. Uh, May we seek your face this morning through the preaching of your word. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: How to pray. That's a little loud. I don't know how to pray um, and uh, I'm really nervous about it. I don't want to pray in big groups. I don't want to pray in small groups before prayer. I don't want I don't, I to don't pray out loud to anyone. And so as I, as I kind of talked to him more about this, we, we, I just assured him that like a lot of us have actually gone through that. A lot of us have been nervous about praying, because we don't know if we're going to say something embarrassing, we don't know if we're going to say something uh, that uh, is, contradicts who God is, we, we, we're we just, we don't know what we're going to do. Are we going to say something awkward? Or are we going to offend God? And so I think sometimes what we do is we compare ourselves. We compare ourselves to what other people, how other people do it. We compare ourselves uh, to, to to people that we see, and we say, man, I don't think I can do how they do it. And I don't think God really wants to listen to me. I'm unworthy uh, to be listened to. Whatever the reason is, I want you guys to know it's okay to feel that way. It's okay for you guys to be nervous. It's okay for people to be nervous about knowing how to communicate. Um, the disciples uh, definitely were nervous at some point. They actually came to Jesus and said, Jesus, we, know, we do not know how to pray. Uh, we need help in this area. And so they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because they often saw Jesus going out in the darkness, going out alone, and he prayed to God. He went to his father alone, and they never saw Jesus stressed out. They never saw him in a hurry. They never saw Jesus fearful, but they always saw him as a kind, compassionate man. They saw him loving other people. They saw him uh, being strong and in, contr- and in control. He was never um, uh, off base. He, he never did anything out of anger. And so when we see Jesus pray, we see that he's connected to the source. And the uh, This makes the disciples want that. They say, hey, I want what you have. And so Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. And one of the things he says is, hey, when you pray, let's be sincere. Let us be sincere and not like the hypocrites or the religious leaders. We don't have to be mechanical, robotical. Uh, There's no uh, one way to pray. Jesus tells us to pray with our hearts and minds. We can often often come up to God as our kids come up uh, to their parents. Okay, when our kids come up to us, and they want something, or they're asking for something, they're sharing their heart. And uh, it's, it's okay for us to be able to, to, to come up to God like that, come up with childlike faith. And so as we started this new series, The Rule of Life, I want us to kind of examine what is the rule of life. I want to define it again. And uh, the rule of life that we're talking about in prayer isn't just um, the word that we want to use to do something religiously. The rule isn't uh, to do something um, just, just out of out of repetition, or or, or out of um, we don't want to do this robotically. We want to be able to do this disciplined. We want to be able to say, hey, this is a support structure for, our, for for our life. This is a support structure for how we are going to live our life. There's a daily routine that we want to get into, and prayer uh, sets the tone for us. And so these rules are set in place for us to connect closer to God, and we guard and structure our day by putting up fences. Or parameters around our days in prayer. Now, growing up in school, I don't know about you guys, but my favorite time of school was recess or PE. Anything that involved the ball, dodgeball, whatever you whatever you name it, I loved doing that. And so, um, I don't know about you guys, but what they did was um, we had some psychiatrists. They wanted to do uh, a research on kids on how did how, how would they uh, psychologically uh, do outside on the playground. Whether there was a fence or there was not a fence, they wanted to see what the difference was. And so one of the things that they saw was that the children that didn't have a fence, they stayed close to the teacher. They didn't go very far away in the playground. They were really close to the the teacher because they wanted to be able to have that security. But then they also found that when there was actually a space that had fences around it, that... The students went as far uh, to each corner. They went went close to the fence. They were able to play. They were able to to really have that freedom, and they were really artistic in what they did. They, They were able to explore different areas of the playground, and they felt safe doing that. And so this research has concluded that with the boundary in this case, a fence, children felt more at ease to explore the space. And so we can share our days with God. When we structure our day around prayer, we can share everything with God and say, hey, Here's here's, here's, what here's why my day was bad. Here's what was good about it. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm fearful in. And so that's what we want to structure um, our days around. We want to have a desired outcome. And Jason used this quote last week. I'm going to to steal this quote from Jason. But Andy Crouch defines this. the rule of life as this. He says, the rule of life is a set of practices to guard our habits and guide our lives. Let me say that again. The rule of life is a set of practices to guard our habits and guard our lives. Our lives. And so when we, when we pray, when we set these structures up, we understand that we are intentionally uh, spending time with God. We are intentionally uh, showing God, hey, I need your help, and this is how I want my day to go. Our hope and our prayer is that our, our, our minds, our hearts would line up with the will of God, and that the gospel is what's going to transform us, but the spiritual disciplines are going to transform us. We want God to be in our life. And so we put these disciplines and practices in our life to also stay in step with the Spirit. We believe that God is able to, to really cl- uh, clearly speak to us through his Spirit as we, as, as we listen to him and as we ask him, he's going to answer us. And so one of the things that Jason taught on last week to summarize abiding in the vine, he said that we want to be able to move from shallow Christianity into a deeper faith. We want to be spirit-filled, we want to be fruit-producing, and we want to be, we want to be abiding in Jesus. And we want to be able to replicate this and show other people what this looks like. Now, one of the things I said earlier was, um, you know, we actually discipline our lives, we structure our lives, whether we know it or not. All right, if you like to play sports, if you like to work out, uh, you're going to discipline your. Li- you're going to put disciplines in your life to be able to do those things. All right. You're going to work out from 12 o'clock to one o'clock at lunchtime. If you're going to play, um, if you're going to play an instrument, you better believe that if you want to play worship, if you want to sing, uh, you're going to practice. You're going to want to know how to do that. Okay. I'm not disciplined in playing the guitar. I can't play the guitar, so you'll never see me up here. You'll never see me singing. I cannot sing. Uh, my wife can sing. Sarah can sing beautifully, and so they're able to do that because they discipline themselves. Sleep. Who likes to sleep? All right. We all want to discipline ourselves in sleep. Whether it's ten hours, twelve hours, five hours. Sometimes our kids uh, let us sleep for three hours at a time. Uh, And so we want to be disciplined. We put disciplines in our lives. Academics. Finding out what our career is. Binge watching our favorite our Netflix film. Okay. We actually put barriers in our life. We put structure in place to not do anything all day long. Okay. If we want to watch, if we want to binge watch something on Saturday from twelve to eight we structure our day around that. We put, we, we put structures in there. And so if we do this, um, we can also do this with our prayer life. All right? If we want to be able to feed our families, if we want to be able to, to pay our mortgage, we're also going uh, to structure our life to actually work. Now, I don't know if you guys have these friends that uh, are always late to things. Terry and I have a, a friend uh, that they are, if we ever want them to come to our house at a certain time, we tell them two hours before. So if we want to eat at 6, we say, hey, come at 4.30, 4 o'clock. And they'll be there by 6.15. But the only thing, I will say there's two things that this person is on time for. And that is Husker games. He's going to be there two hours before the game starts. And work, okay? He does get to work on time. But those are things that he chooses to do. He structures his life. He knows how to get there on time. And so, um, yeah, I guess we just have to be able to tell them that the Huskers are playing at our house. And they'll get there on time. Anyways, um, if you want to go from having one ab, you know, like me, to eight abs like Jason... Um, you've got to be disciplined. Talk to Jason about that, uh, and he'll be able to tell you how to get that eight-pack that you've always wanted. Uh, another thing is we put reminders up for what we want. Uh, we, again, we, we put reminders up there for things that we want or things that are important for us. All right, I believe that uh, being married to Terry is very important. Um, I don't wear a wedding ring to be like, oh, I'm married, to, to just to remember that I'm married. I put this on as a reminder to, to, to let her know, hey, I love you. You're the, you are the most important person in my life. And, and we, again, I want to show other people that I'm married as well. I want to show other people, hey, I am taken. And so I, I structure my, uh, my days in doing that. I know where my ring is at at all times. I put it in the same place every single time. And so we also put in dates that are important, all right? And May, May is a very uh, busy day for us, a v- very busy time. We have three birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and we, we, we structure our money, our budget, our time around that month because we know that's important for us. And so if these things are important, these are earthly things, we also know that heavenly things, God's kingdom, is just as important. It's more important. And so we have to ask ourselves, how did Jesus practice his disciplines? How do we practice our disciplines? I think some things that Jesus wants us to do is he wants us to share silence with him. He just wants us to sit at his feet and be silent. We don't have to say anything. That's good news for some guys. We don't have to say anything. We just sit there. All right? That's easy for us. Uh, sometimes he just wants us to listen to him he wants us to obey what he's telling us to do he wants us to read his scripture these are all things that we can structure our days around and so the disciples asked Jesus Jesus teach us how to pray they saw Jesus praying often and so they asked him to do this now let's notice in the in the lord's prayer what he told them not to do he says do not pray like the hypocrites these are the these are the religious elites people these are the religious elite Jesus warned us to not pray like the heathen that offer up many words Uh, They're not really saying anything at all, but when we pray, we are to pray in private. And so our first point, Jesus tells us not to pray like the hypocrites. says this, uh, verse 6 says, They pray with wrong motives and reasons, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. These hypocrites are religious leaders that pray so people can see them and hear them and tell them how awesome they are. The Pharisees prayed about themselves— all right, they say, thank God. Thank you for not letting me be like a sinner, like that specific person. Thank you for allowing me to be able to be God's gift uh, to, to humanity. Thank you for allowing me to be awesome. That's how they prayed. They wanted other people to know that they were important. And then he spoke about religious practices. They, 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 they oftentimes practice religious practices. They fasted twice a week. And they also told people, hey, this is how much money I give to the church. This is how great I am to God's kingdom. And they also prayed with wrong motives, and they were expecting God to receive from them because of their goodness. They were expecting to scratch his back, and God was going to scratch their back. And again, prayer isn't about asking for just things. It's not about asking for gifts. It's not about praying for certain outcomes. Just imagine if, 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 if I was your friend. I am your friend. But imagine if I always came to you and I said, hey, I just need some help. I want to go to this Chiefs game. Could, you, could I get tickets from you? Could you just give me those tickets? Or I, I often said, hey, I'm, we're looking to buy a car. Could you give us money uh, to be able to help us? buy a car. Hey, I've got four kids. Uh, Could you guys just watch our kids for like six hours so me and my wife can go on a date? Those are things that like we're taking advantage. There's not a friendship, but we're just keep asking for a laundry list of things. And again, that's not a real relationship. And you're pretty soon you're going to stop ignoring my calls. You're going to stop taking my calls. You're going to say, I'm not going to answer that because he's going to ask me to do something I don't really want to do. So the religious leaders, they believed that they were God's gift to earth. And they, are, they were providing a way for people to know God that, they, that they, really, they really thought to themselves that they are a really big deal. And they'd stand in the synagogues in the street corners and they would proclaim this. Have you guys ever had friends that knew everything or they were great at everything? Uh, have you ever been a friend that was that person that knew everything that, that, uh, that really believed they were God's gift to earth? Uh, one, of the, one of the podcasts that we listen to, uh, it highlights the fall of a prominent and highly influential pastor. And uh, one of the things that was happening during this time was his ministry was growing, and they were actually traveling all around the world, and they, they, were, they were really picking up some good momentum. And uh, after one of the speaking engagements, he actually walked into a limousine with, one of his, with a couple of his staff members, and he said these words. He said, um, one of the staff members said, hey, I can't believe um, that this has happened. I can't believe all the accolades you're getting. I can't believe how much people are loving you, and people are asking you for autographs. And the leader looked at the guy and said, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a big deal. I don't know if you guys have seen that uh, Will Ferrell movie. Um, I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. That's, that, that was his response. And one of the staffers started laughing hysterically. And he noticed that, like, he was the only one laughing. And he looked at his friend. He looked at the leader. He realized, no, this, this guy was being serious. He, didn't, he had never watched that movie. He was saying how awesome he really was. And so it got awkward there for a little bit, but um, he realized, man, this guy doesn't get it. This guy is all about himself. And prayer isn't about us. Amen? Prayer is not about us. It's about being in the moment with God. It's about being present and open with God. Prayer is the best way for us to relate with God, and he gives us access to connect with him and gives us access to connect with other people. That's what's so great about prayer is we're able to understand, hey, there's other people hurting, there's other people that need help, and I can ask God, and, and he, can pr- he can actually show me people that are in need. He can show me ways to really grow God's kingdom and be part of it. And we also gain access uh, because we know that prayer is not public, but it's private. Let me say that again. Prayer isn't public. It's not about standing in, in front of the street corners and praying, but it's private. So Jesus tells us, but when you go— but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So go into your private room where, where you can have a meaningful conversation with God. Now, this doesn't mean that after church, guys, that you go into your wife's closet, and you, you, you take all her clothes out and say, hey, this is the Lord's prayer closet now. All right? That's not what that's not what this text is saying. But what he's saying is that we close the doors, we take out all the distractions, we Everything that we're thinking about from work, everything we're thinking about, about life, we actually take those concerns and we close those off. We shut our minds down and the thing that pulls us away from God and we go to God with those things. And we say, hey, God, I'm going to go, everything that's around me, I'm going to shut those things out. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going, uh, I'm, I'm just going to obey what, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to obey what you want me to do. So in our home right now, the only way Terry and I can actually have a quiet moment to actually talk there's only, two, there's only two times that actually ever happens, uh, if their kids are sleeping and if we're on a date, if someone's watching our kids and we're on a date. Those are the only times that we can actually talk to each other. And so when that happens, we position ourselves together to connect. We position ourselves, we listen to each other, and we actually put disciplines, and we realize it's very important for us to do that. So if anyone wants to watch our kids, uh, just go ahead and text Terry, and, uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll make plans for that. I actually heard this story a couple times this week, uh, so I don't know if someone's copying it or if, if, if two people actually did this. Maybe you've heard this story before, but um, one of my friends, he said that they had a friend that had five kids, and uh, you can just see the busyness of every day. As, as the husband went to work, she stayed at home with the kids, and she watched them, and one of the things that she needed to do is she had to have a break, all right? It was eight hours straight of being with kids, and so what she would do sometimes is she would sit in the corner of the of the kitchen, the corner of the living room, and she would put a blanket over her over her. It would cover her entire body, and the kids knew, hey, when mommy's sitting in the corner like that, we can't talk to her. She's invisible. She's not there. Okay. So in order for her to stay connected with the kids, she would just sit there. She'd pray, and 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 she would really be able to just uh, just be able to uh, relax, have time to herself, and be able to make it throughout the day. Um, I I haven't seen Terry do that yet, uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure that. She's had days like that. Um, And so, again, she was able to use that time. She structured that time to be alone, to be away. And so Jesus also tells us that when we pray, it's not to be mechanical. He tells us uh, that when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I don't know the background that you guys have. Have you guys ever been to, like, a prayer meeting where you were like, man, this is too long. I wish it would be over. Like, this is, like, two hours too long. It goes on forever and ever and ever. It's okay to, it's okay to admit that, all right? You're not, you're not, you're not less religious. Uh, one of the ministries I work for, um, they actually had kind of a forced prayer time, and they called it soaking time. So I feel like there was, first of all, uh, I wasn't a fan of it because I felt like it was forced. I felt like it was supposed to be hyper-spiritual. They called it soaking time, not praying, so like we were better. We were better than those that prayed for five minutes a day or for an hour a day. And so what I would do is I would, because it was forced upon me, uh, Jason can agree with me on this, um, I used that time uh, to actually take naps, all right? I actually slept, I'm serious, I slept for three hours, and it was the best sleep I've ever had. It might have been because the Holy Spirit was there. The angels were like, the angels were like, giving me a, a, a back massage. Something was happening there. But there was seriously 25 people in this big room, all right, and people had prayer shawls. They had blankets. They had like soaking blankets, uh, 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 soaking pillows, and you better believe I used the soaking pillow to put my head down uh, and fall asleep, and I used the soaking uh, blankets uh, to keep warm, and so I purposely would structure my Thursday nights to stay up as late as possible and say, hey, I know I got three hours of sleep. And so that's how I did it. I'm still a Christian. I'm still here. uh, And so God allowed me to do that. Anyways, um, so what, what Jesus encouraged us to do, I'm not saying that these people were like religious elites, but what he's saying here is he wants us to find a routine that isn't just about just talking it's not just about praying the longest it's not about uh, who can feel holier than other people it's it's really just about using that time whether it's five minutes uh, in the morning 10 minutes whatever routine you're in um, we need to be able to use that uh, to stay connected to, to god and so what strategies do you guys have what strategy what strategies are we using how are we scheduling our time so, so one thing that I've been convicted in is um, is like not looking at my phone, the first thing I do when I wake up, besides look at the time, is when I wake up, don't just go on your phone and, and start work right away, okay? It's okay, to, I guess, to get coffee. If you guys need coffee in the morning, get coffee, uh, but then structure that time to be able to uh, put this rhythm in your life to spend with God. And maybe don't start out for an hour a day, okay? Uh, don't start out praying. I'm going to pray for two hours uh, today because it's almost like, when, when we exercise our prayer, it's almost like exercising, uh, like physical exercise. If you haven't ran in a year or like a decade or like since 1995, um, don't run 14 miles on Monday morning at 4 30 in the morning, okay? Uh, so you want to actually ease into it. And even with praying, you want to ease into praying. You want to ease into this spiritual discipline so that you just don't burn out and say, you know what? That was too much. I can't do this. But we set aside a time in the mornings. We set aside a time in the afternoon. We set a time in the evening. We realize that with our kids, maybe we wake up 15 minutes before we know their kids are going to wake up. Uh, One of the things that Terry's bought, she's bought a specialized clock. There's three colors on it. It's uh, red, yellow, and green. So red means the kids cannot get out of bed until after 7 o'clock, Okay, And so Terry wakes up at 630. She knows she's got an hour to be able to be with herself. But from 7 o'clock to 7.30, the yellow light comes on. The kids can quietly get out of their bed and play in front of their bed. And at 7.30, they can actually come down for breakfast. So this gives Terry an hour to be able to actually be productive and be able to get her coffee and to to get ready uh, for the day. So she doesn't have to put a blanket over her head at 10.30 in the morning. And so one of the things uh, we actually have printed out also is we have a rule of life printed out. And so what this is is a chart. Uh, This is actually, Jason actually emailed this out on Monday, Um, and so this is a good chart just to actually look at, okay, the goals, to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, do what Jesus did, and these are some of the practices that we can actually write in there, abiding, our mind, our body, our relationship, our rest, work, so these are just questions that we can actually answer, Uh, and so we, we, we challenge you guys to do this this week, to begin to do part of this and start filling this out. Uh, and really be disciplined in prayer and see how that works. I know for, for Terry and I, what we're currently doing uh, is we're supposed to not be on social media, or I can be on social media, she can't. Um, and then uh, I can't play certain games on my phone, so, so so that's the way we did that. But currently, instead of doing that, we want to read through Scripture. We wanna, she's reading through 1 Peter and 2 Peter. I know I'm reading through Isaiah, but we want to use that time to read through it and to pray together. I'm not saying we do it every day, uh, but that's our goal is we want to be able to do that together. Um, I know another thing that we're doing is uh, a lot of times we keep a, a prayer journal or we do a, a prayer walk. Um, this also helps our kids. We do this with our kids, okay? Sometimes our quiet times are with our kids uh, whenever we're, 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 we're teaching them uh, like a little gospel study or we're doing a quiet time with them. I know Terry's done a good job of that. Uh, another rule of life is how am I able to impact my neighborhood, and so some of the things that we do with our neighbors is, is we just connect with them. And I know on, on your Invite Your One, uh, we've got some neighbors uh, that are sick, uh, or uh, one of my neighbors is going through a divorce. And so one of the things that we do is we connect with them, we talk to them, we pray with them, or we pray for him, and we just talk about their struggle. Uh, he's struggling with his faith right now, and we just ask him questions like, hey, why did you believe in God before? What drew you to God before? Some other questions: What are what were you so sure about God in the beginning of your faith, and, and how has that affected you? How has that changed uh, your belief in who God is? And so we really believe that with invite your one, we want to we want to be able to invite people that are far from God, that are close to God, that have fallen away from the church, that have that, that maybe are going to a different church. We want to be able to invite them in uh, to see our family, to see the values that we have, to see the uh, the mission uh, that we want people to be a part of, whether it's through city groups. Whether it's in our huddles, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's worshiping, whether it's serving at our church, um, we we want people to be a part of this of this body. We want people to be a part of this church. And so, again, some other disciplines that we can add uh, through our prayers each day. Uh, is, you know, instead of looking at our phones all the time, uh, maybe, maybe, we, maybe, we, maybe we take the time to look at some scripture, to memorize scripture. Before we move to the next meeting, do you have a, index cards actually help out a lot? Write out a scripture and read that, me, read that memory card before you move on to the next thing. Take a moment to journal some, some names of people of your neighbors. Uh, Jason's doing that. He's doing good. He has a book club. Uh, he's praying for his neighbors, he's praying for people that are far from God. And again, the goal of our prayer life uh, is to have, first of all, a starting point. Okay, So the point of this this morning is that we have to have a starting point. And so if it's five minutes, if it's ten minutes, some of us may be praying for an hour, uh, we want to grow deeper in our faith and our relationship with Jesus. And we don't want to just check the box off. We don't want to just like, go and say, hey, I feel good about myself. God loves me. Um, my wife loves me, and I'm ready to go. We want to be able to use this time uh, to grow closer to him and so that we can extend that time as well. And we also know that we have pockets of our day uh, that we can also connect with God, all right? And so whether it's 830, 30, 12 o'clock, whatever that looks like, we just want to be in step with the Spirit. We want to be in step with what God is trying to show us. And I've got some examples, e- even from our staff, of, of ways that God has spoken to us uh, throughout our days. And I know sometimes uh, we write out our own agenda. We say, hey, here's a task that I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Here, here's how my day is going to look. Well, sometimes when we listen to God, God's going to change that. He's just say, actually, instead of you doing that, I want you to do this. I know for me personally, there's been times where I'm getting ready to leave my office. I'm getting ready to go to my next thing and the Holy Spirit just prompts me, hey, just stay there for a second. Thirty seconds later, a phone call rings, and it's, it's someone that's trying to get a hold of me that wants to talk uh, just about anything, prayer, ministry. And I know that it was the Spirit prompts me to do that. Or sometimes you're getting ready to leave your office, you're getting ready to go somewhere, and, and you get the prompting from the Holy Spirit, and it says, hey, just stay here. And that person that needs to be prayed for comes to your office, comes to your house. That's really how... Uh, the Spirit works in, in, in times of needs is that God will bring people to you. When you have access to God, it gives you access to people as well. People that are far from God. People that need uh, to, to, to know what you have. To, to, they, they need uh, Jesus in their life. And so Jesus is teaching us how to create a space to be drawn into the moments of the power of God. Let me say that again as we wrap up. Jesus is teaching us how to create a space to be drawn into the moments of the power of of God. God's kingdom is so much more valuable than the physical life that we have. I know these things are important. Paying your mortgage is important. Feeding your kids is important. Being able to be in shape is important, but being in step with the Spirit is, I would argue, is just as important. Being in step with the Spirit of God, listening, knowing who God is, knowing who you are in Christ is valuable. It's going to help you be able to make the decisions and live the life that God wants you to live. I hope that didn't sound too much like—anyways. <laughs> so, um, it's very important, though. Our God doesn't just want—he doesn't just want you to live your best life now. He wants, he, he wants to be your life. He wants you to walk in step with the Spirit. Amen? And so as we wrap up, I want us to close out in the prayer of Matthew 6, 9 through 15. And as you close your eyes, um, I just want us to remember, man, that Jesus wanted to teach his disciples how to pray. His disciples—this is one of the few things his disciples asked for. He said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so since he's asked us for this, let us pray this together, or, or, or listen to this, and may we pray this on a daily basis. May we pray part of this, uh, and understand that this isn't this prayer isn't about me, but it's about the kingdom. It's about God. It's about people. And so let's pray. It says this, Jesus, tell, Jesus tells his disciples, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you again, man, just for your kingdom. Uh, May you give us a kingdom mindset. May you give us a structure. Uh, that we can trust you, that we can know you, uh, that we can believe in you. Uh, May you be able to just, man, just speak directly to our hearts. And um, anything that we fear, anything that we doubt, anything that we are struggling in, uh, man, we just ask, Lord, that you would continue uh, to speak through us and that you'd begin to also reveal uh, who it is that's hurting. All right. I know we hurt as Christians, but we have other people that are hurting as well. And may we be sensitive to know how we can Uh, love other people well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So right now, guys, we're going to transition into communion. And uh, this is a time, uh, if you're a believer, uh, this is a time that, uh, man, we just really evaluate our week. We really evaluate our day. We really evaluate, man, where are we at right now? What are some things that we need to confess to the Lord? What are some things that we need to trust God in? What are some things that we need to communicate to him? And so let's use this time uh, to pray. Uh, And also, this is a time to celebrate and thank God for who he is and for for what he's done for us. And so, again, let's take this time to also celebrate all that God has given to us. And so as you guys pray, as as you think, as you process, um, feel free to go up uh, and grab communion at your leisure.